Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody, how you doing out there today in college fantasy football land? This is Matt Knowles and that over here is Brian McElfish. We are here with the CFB Dynasty College Fantasy Football Podcast. Ending week five, heading into week six. We're dropping this thing a little bit early. Doesn't mean you guys are going to be seeing this any earlier than you normally do. We're having to record this a little bit earlier because I'm about to head out on a jet plane to New York for New York Comic Con. So we're dropping this early. So some of the injury news that we would normally talk about on a show like this might not be as updated. So uh, just bear with us there. We're doing the best we can having to record a couple days early. That being said, this is the first time this year that we had role reversal for me and BMAC. I do not feel very good about my team coming out of this weekend. While BMAC does feel good, BMAC, it's your time to shine. How do you feel about your guys' performance after this week in college fantasy? Pretty solid. I mean, uh, I'm top of the standings right now, six and one in college. Now, if you look at the NFL side of our league, uh, not so much. That sucks. But anyways. Yeah, you're six and one, but you also had a good week in regular, regular college football too. That's the first time this year. The Gators have won and the Wolfpack didn't. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it was a it was a beatdown. One of the Sunday games, and then uh, we were able to kind of get the standings and everything updated. I thought it was interesting how Fantrax did that this week, where it's just kind of like middle of the day, boom, yep. uh, standings hit. We were able to uh, reset the waiver wires and and whatnot, and let that run. So interesting the way that worked out but it was it was good man it was a a good weekend except for my uh my brisket lock was a big fail i should have known better than to try and hit on that mysterious niu backfield in terms of which one of them is going to take off because one of them did but the brisket lock got two carries and was not that was not the guy and you know what, though? You can't hit on all of them. If you did, you'd have a Palantir in front of you, crystal ball, literally, and we'd be wondering what kind of soothsaying you're doing. Before we really get into this, though, just want to make sure we give a shout out to everybody down in Southwest Florida. Last week, we talked about we were recording when uh, Hurricane Ian was just about to hit the state of Florida. Um, luckily for BMAC and myself, uh, being in the north central part of the state, the storm went completely underneath us. And we were basically back to business as usual up here within about 48 hours. Um, yep. A lot of our friends to the uh, the southeast uh, on the Daytona coast and then down to uh, the southwest, uh, complete devastation in Cape Coral and uh, Fort Myers. Uh, we I know personally some people and some businesses that were completely devastated, uh, some wiped off the map. Uh, luckily, I don't think that there's anybody I know that had any kind of loss of life or even any injuries, but it's going to be a long road to hope for those guys down in uh, down there. I mean, even like the Daytona 500, I don't know if you saw, but the, the uh, Daytona Speedway was like a, uh, a swimming pool. I did not see that. It was actually. unbelievable. Daytona, Daytona International Speedway was a swimming pool, which I never thought you'd see that. But uh, our hearts go out to all those people that, that dealt with that. And we we're just really thankful we have the ability to get on here and uh, talk college fantasy football and have some fun and uh, get some perspective when things like the brisket lock don't don't hit for us. Hey, you know what? It's it just us able to get there, have some fun and uh, and be thankful that we were able to at least focus on that and not uh you know is our roof going to be on our house this week so well i mean i don't want to smoke the brisket for you know 12 15 hours and then have us have someone take my plate so we got to hit this week got to hit got to hit this week you know we're going to be talking about the brisket lock a little bit later on 
Uh, I know Big Lee probably came over, ripped that plate of brisket out of your hand. And not only did he do that, he probably threw it on the ground and he probably smashed it into the dirt because he was so disgusted with that brisket, brisket lock last week. <laughs> Messed up cooking, not good. This week we got to get some, some good home cooking for you. Heck yeah, that's right. That being said, let's go to our week five reactions. BMAC, you got a few of them. Let's get to those week five reactions. What you got? So one of those things that you you don't really do in NFL fantasy as much because you know things are pretty pretty flat, pretty even. That league is built to be even. But in college, you have so much turnover in coaching. And should you just beware of teams that are in flux or do you take just the best player that you can and i've always kind of paid attention to this without really stating it um aloud but i always try and take players from teams that are you know built to sustain and have a high probability of you know just kind of continuing on with the the level of production that they have whether it be like recruiting making sure i'm taking players like running backs from teams that have really good offensive lines heading into the year um you know stable coaches etc and you know over at lsu you look at them and we've talked about Keyshawn butte probably in every episode um he's just unstartable he's one of the best players in the whole game but he's just unstartable because their passing attack is so bad. They probably have one of the best receiver rooms in the country. And you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know if you watched their games because, uh, man, they're just awful. Can't get through a couple reads and have no shots, you know, you know, down <clears throat> or deep balls. Sorry, nothing, nothing working on that passing offense. It's really a mystery to me that they're only a four point dog. They are at home, but they're playing against Tennessee and only a four point dog this week. Yeah. It's always interesting. I always try to uh, take a look at when you got successful coaches, where those coaches end up going um, and, and kind of following the coach. Cause I think that a lot of times those big time coaches will bring that, that style of play, that offense. We talked about a uh, Buffalo and Kansas, earlier in the uh earlier in the uh, the these the episodes um you know you look at uh, dino babers dino babers was great at his stop before syracuse and even though his offense at syracuse now is not what it was previously he's now building a powerhouse at syracuse so sometimes you got to follow the coach more than the program um i know one program that really is uh, surprising both of us uh, is wisconsin uh, you know, Wisconsin, every single year you go into a draft, you're like, okay, I'm going to be the guy to go get that Wisconsin running back. You know, they're going to be a baller. Uh, but this week, not so much. Wisconsin has gone completely off the rails. They are this week's Boise State. Let's talk about what happened with Wisconsin this week. <clears throat> so you have the stat here, uh, 18 combined yards between Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi. Wow. Yeah. Against Illinois. So it's, to make matters worse, it was their former coach running their offense better than them and shutting down their style of, of football at their house. Resulted in uh, Chris getting fired, uh, yes. which was kind of in the works anyways. Um, but dang, that was really surprising. I, I really thought, um, you know, kind of uh, Chase Brown would be away 
a bit worse of a start, at least the data would show that, than Braylon Allen, but it's just not the case. I think Chase Brown is one of those guys that it's almost any week you should start him. Uh, he's just that much of a focal point of the offense um, when healthy start him, and you wanted that from Braylon Allen, right? Like he had a, a long garbage touchdown earlier in the year, late in a game where they were getting blown out, but he's produced pretty much in every game and been fine, but dang. That's that's really surprising. And are you stuck now? Do you try and trade Braylon Allen if you have him? Um, or do you just hope for a, a resurgence there at Wisconsin? But that is a weird, weird turn of events. Well, I can tell you, and uh, we're going to get to the brisket lock later on in the, uh, or not brisket lock, the milk cartons later on. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll eat my words from last broadcast. I talked about Boise State. Boise State looked like they were in complete disarray. They were in complete disarray. I said, until they get their house in order, you don't want to start a single person on Boise State. What does Boise State do? They go in last week, less than a week after their quarterback transfers, less than a week after they fire their coach, they go in and they blow out San Diego State. They not only blow them out, 35-13, 316 rushing yards, five touchdowns rushing, and they had almost three 100 yard rushers so yeah, how many how many fantasy owners do you think started uh halani i'm telling you right now i i, I would be shocked if anybody started halani or austin yeah. genty uh, their quarterback had over 100 yards rushing um so it just goes to show that for whatever reason they were able to put it together in a week does that happen very often absolutely it does not happen very often so wisconsin is probably somebody to watch out for and say, you just ask, should you go trying to trade one of these guys in the backfield? Let's let give them a couple weeks and see if this change at the top has any effect on the team, because maybe that's all that it needs to be able to kickstart them. Like it happened with Boise state. Yep. Play a little bit looser and, and all. Yeah. Hearing it from a different, different coach that can certainly help um, kind of clear the room and uh, let the players play. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I think that's good advice, man. Like uh, it would be tough. Maybe that's someone, maybe if you don't have them, maybe that's someone you can go and target low and yeah. hope that Braylon Allen can take off or somebody like that. Um, I like that. That's good advice. Well, I tell you um, our next, uh, our next one up here, somebody who has been on the milk carton, somebody that just could not get off the milk carton week after week, comes in this week and blows up. Brian, who's next on our list? Yeah, welcome to finally meeting that preseason uh, hype from everyone, including us at CFB Dynasty, Jameer Gibbs. And I'm not going to take any blame for it. Like, if you watch the games early on, he wasn't putting up the numbers that you want in fantasy. But he was just so exciting so explosive every time he touched the ball so jameer gibbs yeah he went for i think 206 and two touchdowns on the ground and uh he just showed how fast he is he if he gets uh an angle he's gone like oh yeah uh what a game and what a great game overall for alabama like i went to go pick up food or something like that at halftime of that game and it was 28 to nothing or 28 seven maybe i think arkansas scored right before the half and then i next thing i know i look at us 28 23 and uh holy cow that was that was nuts with 
Bryce Young out of the game, but then Jameer Gibbs just started getting fed the ball and he produced. That was awesome to see. That, that's the kind of game he needs if he uh, is going to be helping people out when they move into, he moves into the pro side. Uh, you need to have some confidence, maybe a, you know, a top first or second round pick and a running backs don't get drafted in the first round as often anymore. But that's the kind of game like that. If he can build on that, that's going to get him into the upper half of the NFL draft. Yeah, and kind of uh, hitting someone else. Hello to Jalen Monroe. Like, that was amazing. He came out. He looks the part. He looks like, uh, you know, like an Anthony Richardson type where he's big, strong, and also super fast and has a big arm. So we'll see um, how Bryce Young's going to do with the injury. Uh, Saban said today he's day-to-day, but that could mean weeks. Like, you never really know. Uh, since you can kind of hide injuries in this sport currently. So Monroe might be worth a pickup if you get a few weeks of uh, the Alabama starting quarterback and he's running the ball a lot. I think that could be good. But let's let's skip over to your game there, Matt. So is, is DJU, has he turned it around? Is he a good quarterback? What do you think? Let me tell you, I, I the confidence that he has right now in the game, if you, if you guys don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about NC State Clemson rough game as a fan to watch that game, watching all the mistakes that NC State made and the mistakes that Clemson did not make. Um, DJU just looked like a completely different quarterback from last year. Maybe he's kind of growing into it a little bit. He's he's away from Trevor Lawrence enough now where people didn't want him to be Trevor Lawrence part two. Um, he's now being DJU number one, uh, but he's probably DJU version two of himself. He's lost a lot of weight. Uh, him running the ball is probably the difference. And uh, if you've got a confident quarterback like him running the ball, that just opens up so many more options. Um, and he took, you know, the first half of the game, NC State did a great job. Like I said, you've heard me praise their linebacking core. They probably have the number one linebacking core in the country with Isaiah Moore and uh, Peyton Wilson and Drake Thomas. Um, but as the game went on, they just, he, he just owned them. He just owned them. And I, I think the DJU is definitely somebody to keep your eye on. I don't know if he's somebody that's going to uh, do anything at the next level, but he definitely is a quarterback on the rise right now, and he's he's showing some consistency, which is what you really need out of DJ. It's two really good games for him in a row. Yeah, we're going to get to uh, rankings, obviously, a little bit later as you go into week uh, six here, but he's up there, man. Like He's, he's someone that you can kind of rely on. He's a top 20 start for the first time this year. Um, and if you look at the last, he's averaging now 31 fantasy points a game. Um, he's had 20, the last three weeks, 27, 52 and 34. Um, that's great. Um, good for him. He's someone who a great dude and it's not like we're rooting against him, but nobody thought with the momentum, the, or lack of momentum he had, Going into this season, you thought there was no way he was going to turn it around, or at least most of us did. So good for him, yeah. and hopefully it's something he can continue, and he should have a, a big week uh, yeah, I think, this week. I think, I think the last thing about DJU is he didn't have two good games against pushovers, against FCS teams. Point. Yep. You're talking about two really good programs. I mean, NC State dropped from 10 to 14 in the rankings after losing 30 to 13, or what was it, 30 to 20, mm-hmm. in, the, um, in this game. Um, that's not that far because it just goes to show that they were able to hold up against a really solid team, but it means that DJU 
showed great. I mean, he, he looked really good against Wake Forest, who Wake Forest showed that they were no pushover, knocking off Florida State this week um, and NC State. So he's doing this against top-level, top-25 competition. Um, so if he gets great some games point. or he's playing against a little bit weaker opponents, who knows what he's going to do. Great, great point. So uh, I'll, I'll go over to one that affected me some where it was Ole Miss-Kentucky game. Um, so looking at that Ole Miss backfield. So, you know, Ole Miss was running the ball. Like, oh, I will say Jackson Dart early on in that game looked really good. His his uh, ending stats weren't great with no touchdowns and one pick, 15 for 29, 213 yards. Eh. But uh, Kentucky's a good, really good defense, good to really good. And uh, Ole Miss is more of a running team this year. And you really see Quinshawn Judkins taking over, the true freshman. 15 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown, a long 48-yard touchdown run. Um, and Zach Evans, the starter, I guess, he was average, he averaged 2.7 yards per carry, nine carries, 24 yards, and a touchdown. He had their first touchdown, and then Judkins takes over. It's kind of a weird scenario. Like, Zach Evans is projected as RB2, I think, uh, in – in NFL circles, or at least maybe that was, uh, you know, Todd McShay or somebody, whatever. Um, huge pro potential, great running back. Is he battling with an injury we don't know about? I, I really don't know. I know he got hurt with uh, some sort of hit pointer in the last game and then didn't play after getting hurt. So this is not a game, though. This was a four-quarter game. It's not somebody that you, you know, rest someone on or whatever. Um, so that – Dynamic's been a little bit weird and frustrating personally because I was so excited about Zach Evans going into the year. And after the first couple games, you saw what he could do in the first half. You're waiting to see him play those full games. Just hasn't happened for him yet. Um, How about uh, a rival of yours, Matt, here, Drake May? He looks to be the real deal and uh an every week potential starter at quarterback for fantasy yeah i'm not a not a big fan of that don't get me wrong i mean hey but <laughs> we're going to be objective here i was hoping we get a little bit of time off from having a solid quarterback at unc but uh, i guess that's not going to be the case last week drake may had uh 363 yards and three touchdowns against virginia tech um Drake Mays is having good weeks every single week. He also had some good, uh, had a 73 yards rushing and two touchdowns. That's a pretty complete stat line right there where you're responsible for five touchdowns in the game. Um, he needs to cut it out. So, uh, <laughs> throws such a pretty ball. I mean, it's effortless. Like, uh, he's, his receivers are coming back more healthy. Like Drake may great start in fantasy almost every week. Um, Xavier worthy, another one who's kind of, battling an injury we didn't know if he was gonna start uh going into this game but he started and he you know had a great game threw a touchdown caught a couple more um and he's going into uh the oklahoma game this upcoming week which was his coming out party last year uh we already knew he was a good player going into that game but that's that's uh the best game of his career so far where he just crushed oklahoma from the opening snap and um that was great. So a couple more here, reactions from, from week five. So Sean Tucker, huge game, 232 yards on the ground, three more touchdowns. Um, 
So and, just killing it for that Q soft. And unless and unless you paid attention to that Syracuse game, he could have had a much bigger day than 232 yards and three touchdowns. They were playing against Wagner, <laughs> and they got to the end of the first half. It was 49 nothing, and the coaches made an agreement. This has happened a couple other times in college football, but it doesn't happen very often where they actually had an agreement. They said, you know what? We're going to play 10-minute quarters in the second half. And Syracuse basically packed it in after being up 49-0 in the first half, and they just tried to get out of the game, play 10-minute quarters. You want to talk about the ultimate sportsmanship. They could have gotten triple digits in that game. It could have been a 100-point game. They were like, no, we're just going to play 10-minute quarters and get out of here. The gambling uh, world was not excited about that change. Do you know what that does when that change happens to bets? It nullifies them. (laughs) So anyone who bet Syracuse or bet, you know, the total, uh, it just nullified those winnings. So that sucks. That mm, I'm yeah, that's that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like we have one other one other reaction from week five. And the reaction is, what you doing? Georgia, what are you doing? That was (laughs) that was a weird game. It was one of those um that kind of wrapped up the or didn't wrap up the day because the USC game, I watched that one after the Georgia game was over, but they're playing against Missouri on the road. Kind of a sleepy game for Georgia. The whole game, I, I was watching, you know, Mevis uh, kick after kick, just killing it. I think he had a 55 yarder that put Missouri up 10 with like 10 or nine minutes left in the game. Georgia yeah. ends up winning it by four or six something like that and man what a what a wild wild turn of events there but anyone who you started for georgia you expected a bounce back week in fantasy but it they sure as heck didn't have it it makes you a little bit leery of starting anyone in fantasy other than brock bowers there against a team like missouri when you're georgia you should be crushing people that are not in the top 25 it made no sense and they don't even get a lead until inside 10 minutes left in the game. Missouri led that game until 10 minutes left and was looking good. That's not that's not good. That's not that's, good, but it shows, it shows how wide open college football is this year. That's one we'll never project. Like, we at CFB, we follow the math, basically, and um, we build the tools based on, you know, nine out of 10 times Georgia plays that game over and crushes Missouri just by being, you know, way – more uh you know much superior talent at every position um so crazy 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 all right stuff. so that's our that's our week five reactions now is time for the column for the section for the segment that everybody seems to like out there what is that it's that time you go into the store you go to pick up your gun on the back of your Wesley quick fantasy football player this week we're going to go to some guys that have been doing really good this year but then dropped a stinker on us i'm going to start with malachi corley we've been high on malachi corley he had a great week the week before when western kentucky went and just blew out fiu malachi corley four receptions 23 yards absolutely killed a lot of people in fantasy last week you can't be getting four catches in 23 yards with that offense come on man Mm. Is Daywood Davis taking over there? I feel like every week it's somebody new. I feel like yep. they, the week before, they, they just have so many receivers 
that it's hard to know who's going to be the guy. Matheson? Yep. That's tough, man. I'd be sad, too. You know uh, who else I'd be sad if I was? Anybody on Oklahoma, <laughs> especially Marvin Mims. Marvin, Marvin Mims, Mims as a freshman was great. Marvin Mims has got all the talent in the world. Marvin Mims is probably going to be playing on Sundays. But Marvin Mims, four receptions and 41 yards and a fumble as they get absolutely obliterated last week. I don't know if Marvin Mims is somebody we can, we're ever going to be able to trust to put up big weeks in, uh, in college fantasy. What do you think, BMAC? I mean, you got to hope for health from Dylan Gabriel. Uh, you can't, we're not in a time of college football where you can't have a good backup at a school like Oklahoma. Like they, they looked like they were totally incompetent behind Dylan Gabriel who, who transferred in like, man, what if they, what if they didn't land Dylan Gabriel, but can't have any, any faith until we see Gabriel come back. That's for sure. We already talked about it a little bit. The Wisconsin offense, uh, rushing offense specifically, man, they just went missing completely. I have no idea what happened or what to expect in the future, but they were absent from the game completely. Yeah. Didn't was, even was, get 20 yards. I was I was real busy at points uh, during the, the day on Saturday, and I saw Braylon Allen's stat line first. Now I've got Malusi in some of my leagues. I saw Braylon Allen's stat line first on like two yards. I'm like, Malusi must be having an amazing day. <laughs> not so fast, my friend. The Malusi's day was just as garbage. <laughs> Could not, I don't think I've ever seen a day where Wisconsin's top two backs have got days as pathetic as that. <laughs> I mean, ever. You're talking since we started this league, I don't think this has ever happened. How about Utah's like key player going into the season, running back Tavion Thomas? How about that? How does that Tavion, make you feel? Tavion Thomas was at uh, one of the top guys in our in our rankings. I know that uh, that when we had our draft again, we're just filling in the gaps of uh, of our college team because it's a dynasty league. Uh, but Tavion Thomas was one of the top two running backs Consent. that was on the board. Him and Braylon Allen, actually. Yeah. Him and Braylon <laughs> Allen were the top two guys on the board, and they are just doing absolutely nothing. It's so weird. Normally, those guys that are out there at the top of the rankings are going to just be guaranteed you're going to make something happen with them. Those guys have got to pick it up. Yeah, definitely. How about CJ Stroud? Now, we had him ranked really high last week, and oh, the game script just did not go his way. They kept finding themselves at the one yard line and Mayan just running it in for a touchdown. He had, I think, five on the day tying an Ohio State rushing record, but oh my goodness, that was rough. And lastly, uh, you know, like I said, I'm going to be, uh, I have to, you know, I'll take one for the team, being NC State. We talk a lot about uh, Demi Sumo Karnbe, uh looking really good. Him and uh, Jordan Houston this week, they only had 42 yards rushing, but they only had 12 carries. That just goes to show partially how dominant Clemson was in that game over a top 10 opponent. But for whatever reason, NC State, with that quality offensive line, veteran offensive line that they have, they could not get any push. And for your top two running backs to combine for 12 carries is just not good. Not good at all for a team that really wanted to do something this year. they got to find a way to, to get that fixed because you can't have 42 yards out of your top two backs in that kind of situation. Nope, not at all. Um, 
man, that was rough. There's a lot of those those players missing every week that we get super sad about. Like, what's going on there? Um, all right, so we've got some news and notes. And as Matt kind of mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, like you guys will have to follow along. This is we're doing this on a Monday. And there's plenty of days for more news to come. And the first place that we'll be putting that news is in the Discord. Um, so with that being said, let's get to news and notes. News and notes. All right. So your boy, Israel Abanaconda. Is your Bonaconda? Yes. Oof. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. That guy has been killing it, killing it. I know in uh, in our leagues where we've got three midseason pickup or three in season pickups, the way we have it set up is you only have you get two at the beginning of the year and you get one halfway in. And uh, he's a guy that was not on anybody's radar at the beginning of the year. Um, everybody was licking their chops because here's a guy that had. 500 or nearly 500 yards and seven touchdowns in the last three weeks, two of the games against quality opponents. And then he comes out this week and he gets injured. Uh, he was on the sideline in a sling uh, at the time of this recording. Nobody has announced there's no uh, additional injury information on him, Yep. but that's one you really got to be watching out for. Uh, I know that I did take a flyer on him with one of my pickups uh, because he's just such a great talent and um, you don't put up yards like that with the number of carries he's had by accident. I hope that his injury is not a not a big deal. If they come back and say that um, that he's going to be able to get back in uh, pretty shortly, you want to go and target him on your waiver wire because he is just getting volume carries, doing a lot with it, and getting scores, which is the trifecta that you want out of a running back in college. Katron Allen at Penn State uh, did not play in the first half, and he started the second half. So seems like it was disciplinary, even though James Franklin – didn't really discuss that at all and wouldn't comment on it. Um, Jerry O'Brock, Iowa State running back, had one carry in the first quarter, then was looked at by a trainer, limped on the sideline, couldn't continue to play. Um, we've got uh, Cam Camper, Indiana, unexpectedly didn't travel with the team, um, and then he had a non-COVID illness. Um isn't Henry, it crazy that we have to start off stuff with having to say non-COVID illness nowadays? It's crazy. Yes, indeed. Um, you can judge us. We're from Florida, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Henry Columbia, quarterback, Marshall, um, took a hit, went into the medical tent, and then um, was helped to the locker room. And he was seen throwing on the sidelines in the second half, but did not return to the game. Uh, Malik Cunningham from Louisville. I, I kind of eyed him as a, a potential trade, uh, like trying to go after Malik Cunningham in a trade with uh, Bryce Young going down for me. But Malik Cunningham was also hurt in the third quarter, took a hard shot when sliding, went to the tent. He uh, returned in the fourth quarter, but then went to the locker room and was out for the rest of the game, suffered an undisclosed injury, was replaced by Brock Domin or Doman. Um, Jaden Daniels sucks, but in anyways, he was in the second half, um, went into the medical tent with a lower body issue. He was 
riding a bike, but was replaced by Garrett Nussmeyer and uh, took a hit to the knee. No structural damage and could have returned to the game. C.J. Donaldson, uh, breakout star in West Virginia. Uh, in the third quarter, he you know took a knee to the head and was put on a stretcher, carted off, and was taken to the hospital. Um, he had feeling and all that stuff and was able to fly back with the team. So that's good there. Uh, super sensitive to all that with all the freaking uh, Tua. Tua madness. Oh, my gosh. just feels so bad for Tua. Um, <clears throat> Tyon Evans, running back from Louisville, went down on a run, was able to walk off on his own but was seen in street clothes and a walking boot in the fourth quarter. Dylan Gabriel talked about him in the fourth or in the second quarter. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it was a r- awful hit uh, shot to the head as he was sliding down, taken to the locker room and, and never returned uh, was he was in concussion protocol. Um, Armani Goodwin freshman running back at LSU who looks to be coming on and doing really well, suffered a hamstring injury and he was called day to day, uh, by Brian Kelly, uh, before being ruled out for Saturday. So, uh, the broadcast, uh, did report that he had a torn hamstring and would be out four to six weeks. So that stinks, uh, stock up a little bit there for John Emery jr. Um, Travion Henderson didn't play again. Um, they say it's it's nothing big, but they're that they're holding him out as a precaution. So, uh, man, Travion, he could be on that missing milk carton segment every time. Yeah, you're, you're gonna. There's gonna be a picture of a milk carton on the back of the milk carton with him on there. I mean, he's so missing. I know a lot of people are complaining about him, and rightfully so, in the Discord, but. I would still trade for him, honestly. I think he's just that good of a player. And, and one, uh, one note that we uh, that came out after we recorded last week, make sure you guys know, just because it's a, a major player, is Cedric Tillman actually went what's called tightrope surgery. Hmm. Uh, so Tillman could potentially be out for about three to four more weeks. So at least now, because he's had surgery, it's not this, is he going to be playing every week, kind of you know day-to-day, week-to-week? Maybe I'm going to put him in my lineup. Um, that kind of surgery sounds like it's got a couple of weeks at minimum of recovery time. So if you got Cedric Tillman, keep him on your bench for a little bit to keep on monitoring uh, what's going on with him, but be uh, find yourself a replacement for him because he's not going to be in your lineup anytime soon. Daniel Hyshaw from Kansas. Uh, fourth quarter was hit, fumbled, and later put on a stretcher and carted off. Um, he was put in an ambulance and taken to the hospital. Um huge game with college game day coming to Kansas this week. Um, sucks for him. Sucks to see that. Cause he's been putting up some points, been balling of lately. Um, Muhammad Ibrahim dressed and warmed up and then did not play. Um, stood on the sideline with his helmet on. And then eventually it was shared that he had a, an ankle injury the previous week and uh, just didn't play. He'll be fine shortly. It says, um, KJ Jefferson quarterback for Arkansas in the fourth had a hit to the head, left the game and then returned. Um, he was replaced for the final few series by Cade Fortin. So something to monitor, but seems like he should be fine going forward. Um, Max Johnson quarterback for Texas A&M 
actually they should have been on the milk carton, like the whole offense for Texas A&M. Yikes. Um, he got hurt. Uh, his throwing hand got hurt in the fourth quarter, was replaced by Haynes King, and the team did not provide an update. Zach Kuntz, one of our star fantasy tight ends, um, got his leg rolled up on in the first quarter after a catch, went to the medical re- uh, medical tent and did not return. <clears throat> uh, Will Levis, if you didn't see the picture, you probably just weren't on social media at all. Um, Saturday, Will Levis had a sideways finger on his non-throwing hand, um, had it taped up, stayed in the game. Um, let's see any others here. Obviously, Bryce Young, we talked about him earlier was replaced by Jalen Milrow, didn't return to the game after getting hurt in the first half, and um, <clears throat> he's currently listed as day-to-day. Um, that pretty much wraps it up. And like BMAC said, uh, we're recording this thing early this week because I'm going to be out of town for until next week. Um, there's going to be a lot more notes. There's going to be a lot more stuff coming out when you're talking about recording on a Monday you're not getting any information about potentials about if guys are going to be playing or not, or have injuries through practice. Uh, make sure you go up to discord and go look for CFB dynasty. All you have to do is just go any discord account that you have. You don't have to have a special one for, for CFB dynasty, go up to discord with your discord account and just look up CFB dynasty. And you'll be able to, uh, to go follow the injury notes that are up there. And with that being said, it's now time for the segment everybody's looking for which is the college rankings for week six. Again, some of these things could change as information comes out throughout the week. Uh, but as of right now, we're going to go look at the top fives at each position. Um, as this has gone on, we have, uh, we're spending a little bit less time explaining why guys are up there and then just kind of letting the, uh, the information on the page do the talking. Um, so BMAC, let's go up here. Let's just show people why you've got these, uh, these couple guys at the top five quarterbacks. For the first guy, who you got? We talked about him earlier. We've got a bounce back game here. I know you guys are mad at CJ Stroud, and you should be. Uh, maybe you shouldn't be. It was just the, the game script didn't go his way last week against Rutgers. Ohio State was projected to score 49, and they, they scored around there. Um, this week, it's another huge over-under and a huge spread, 25.5 point uh, favorite Ohio State on the road at Michigan State. So um, the last, so CJ Stroud's averaging 32 fantasy points year to date. Um, last three weeks, he's gone 45.5, 39, and then last week, a sad 16. Um, but with Ohio State projected to score around 45 points on the road, you got to figure it's going to be a bounce back week. He is a great start again this week. At number two, I got a surprise for you. Yep, number two. There's a couple of guys in this top five that have not been in the top five this season, but they should be. And I'm glad to see him up there. You know, in in fantasy, I like yeah, I like Bo Nix. He's number two. I like him a lot as a person, as a player. He's just someone I don't know for whatever reason. I was rooting for him to do well while he was at Auburn seem to just not be able to put it all together. And then after that first week, you're like, okay, it's bad Bo Nix. Here we go again. But, you know, in fantasy, what you're looking for is consistency. You want guys that you can rely on week in and week out. And if you look at the last three weeks, he scored above his year-to-date 
better fantasy points per game average than CJ Stroud of 35 points, surprisingly, because he's gone 42, 40, 45 uh, the last three weeks. Bo Nix for Oregon. They've got a, one of the biggest over-unders, combined over-unders of the uh, week at 70. Um, so looking at Oregon scoring around 42 points against Arizona on the road. What do you think about Bo Nix being there? I think of Bo Nix, he should be up there. The kind of quality player that he is, I'm glad to see that he is finally moving up into the top of the rankings. And all wow. those Troy Franklin fans are having a good time at receiver. Um, now, uh, now, number three, though, is a guy that we're used to seeing there, and there's a good reason why he's there. Let's go to Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State. Another one, we're looking at a bounce back week. He was uh, actually was watching football on Saturday with a guy who's got him on the roster doug and uh <laughs> was disappointed in in the output for fantasy um but uh anyways yeah 24 points was was well below his average of 37 on the season and a home game against texas tech this week uh 67 and a half point um over under with Oklahoma State projected to score around 38 against Tech, uh, should be a huge game for Spen- uh, Spencer Sanders at number three. Now, I'm really happy to see number four in here. Why? Because in the home league, he's my guy. I gave him the start this week. He did not disappoint. He helped me to be one of the most infuriatingly good players <laughs> in the history of our home league. Mike Davis, the guy wins championships it feels like every year he's got some kind of championship whether it be college or pro or global domination which is the combination of your overall college or pro record so when you play him you want to get that w and uh for me to be able to get a w against him and uh be able to have frank harris be the guy uh, that was uh, manning that helm i feel pretty good so frank harris let's go to the numbers there be back yeah he's uh got 177 fantasy points year to date averaging 35 and a half a game and uh, his last two weeks, he's gone 49 and 39. Um, huge over-under there of 70 and a half, which puts UTSA against Western Kentucky, another team that likes to throw it around, uh, 38 and a half to 32 as the, the projected final score there. So plenty of opportunity for all those consistent receivers at UTSA that you'll see in the top of our receiver rankings too. And you look at his numbers overall, he's got over 800 yards passing in the last two weeks, combined uh, rushing and and uh, passing nine touchdowns in two weeks. You want to talk about consistency? That's where it's at. He's only had one stinker of a game this year, and that was at Texas. Every other game, he has gone out there and performed really, really well, had two or three touchdowns at minimum every game. Yep. Uh, at number five, we've got Sam Hartman from Wake. Uh, man, he just performs week in and week out, and uh, looks like he's he's having fun doing it. Only got 21 fantasy points last week, had 50 the week before against Clemson. Um, they're playing Army this week, and Army is not good defending the pass, so we should see them put up a ton of points, and it's, it's a projected score of around 42 to 25. And if you're if you're looking at the rankings right now, if, if somehow you're able to go back to Monday or watching this on Wednesday, but somehow you're looking at the rankings now and you're like, why is Bryce Young still in the rankings? It's Monday. We don't know what kind of injuries or some other guys coming down the line. Don't know what the injury news is going to be. 
So for now, the numbers say Bryce Young is going to be in there. If we get down the, down the line a little bit and uh, says he's not going to be playing, then obviously he's going to be moving out of the rankings and somebody else is going to be moving up into that spot. One of those main columns to look at there is the second from the last, the projected team points to kind of showcase how many points uh, that team is going to score. Really, that's that's come down quite a bit on a lot of uh, quarterbacks, a lot of well, running backs, receivers too. A lot of games this week where there's not, you know, thirty-five quarterbacks that are all around the thirty-eight point projected score because there's better competition now, uh, more even competition. So you're going to really start to see stable performances. Um, as teams and players establish kind of who they are in fantasy and whatnot going this week. Um, so at running back, we've got Blake Corum, number one, Michigan running back at Indiana. And um, <clears throat> he's averaging 25 a game his last three weeks, 37, 36, and then he dropped down a bit. 21 last week donovan edwards came back into the fold and got some touches and he should be back again this week so you'd expect them to go back to more of a splitting scenario but uh they're projected to score 40 and they do a lot of their damage on the ground um so expect that to continue uh for michigan this week next one you got Bijan robinson at two Bijan is always up there near the top as he should be Bijan, the last three weeks, 38.7, 22.8, and then 20.5. Um, playing at Oklahoma, who uh, was absolute trash last week. I'm sorry to say it, but Oklahoma was uh, not not good to the college fantasy football world last week. So, yeah. And you might get Quinn Ewers back, so less of a running quarterback and and maybe a little bit more to, to Bijan there. So we'll see how that goes. Always a fun game. Red River shootout there. It's going to be great. Um, at number three, we've got Jameer Gibbs against Alabama. Like going into the season, if you remember SEC media days or somewhere around it, it, it was not, it was like right before SEC media days where Saban was talking about, um, you know, Jimbo and him buying his class. And they went back and forth uh, publicly, and it was pretty hilarious. You just looked forward to this game. You just knew this is where college game day was going to be. It was going to be a super, uh, you know, highly contested, hard fought game and not the case as A&M can't do anything offensively. And surprisingly, I think they're like 92nd against the run. So if you get Bryce Young, I expect him to hand it off to Jameer Gibbs quite a lot. Um, if you don't get Bryce Young and it's Jalen Milrow, I think it's going to be Milrow and Gibbs a lot um, against that, you know, kind of surprisingly bad rushing defense of Texas A&M. So he had 35 and a half fantasy points last week. Alabama opens as a 24 point favorite. Um, which would leave text the score being around 38 to 14. Yikes. Number four is very interesting to me because number four bucks the trend of looking for consistency. Number four is a guy whose uh, star is just rising and rising quickly. Listen to these numbers for the last three weeks for Mayan Williams at Ohio State. Week three, mm -hmm. 9.2. 
Week four, 22.1. Last week, 49.7. You want to talk about a guy that is just, his, he is just going through the roof. Um, that's what you want to see where his numbers are just continually going up. Is he going to be able to continue going up from 49.7? Probably not. But even if he comes down a little bit from there, he's still going to probably be higher than he was last or the week before that at 22.1. That's just a guy that is showing he is consistently going to produce more and more. So uh, if he's out there in your league, you want to run, not walk to go get him off that waiver wire. That's exactly right. Um, what do you know about Day-Day Hunter? Liberty, sophomore. They're, they're at UMass this week for Liberty, and they've been uh, had some, some issues with injuries and whatnot, but he's been consistent, and um, it's really what you want. He's averaging 19 a game the last three games he had. 19 and a half, 18, 37 and a half. Um, they're a 24 and a half point favorite this week. So you kind of expect the game script to be in favor of running the ball, the full, the full game. So uh, I like Day Day Hunter a lot this week. I tell um, you, I was, I was close to, uh, he, he was a guy that I was looking at to use a, a waiver pickup on, yeah. uh, but I had to go to a different position or a different. I just, I want to go a little bit differently than that, but Day Day Hunter was definitely, uh, I picked up um um I picked up Webb Ladarius Webb. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I picked up Ladarius Webb. So I still stayed at running back, but I just want to go a little different place there. But uh, Day Day Hunter Liberty is definitely uh, producing a lot of stats there, and somebody that should be uh should be eyeballed for a pickup as well. Yeah, Webb. I don't recall if he made it into the rankings. I know uh, he's uh, he's on a buy this week. That's why. Is he okay? Yeah. I, I all right. Yeah, he's yeah. on a buy this week, so that's why he didn't make it in there. But um, yeah, he's definitely somebody that uh, you know, he he's gonna next week he'll be back in the rankings for sure. I'm sure the numbers are gonna prove that. So uh, at receiver, we've got Zachary Franklin, number one, I think for the first time this year. Um, and really, DeCorian Clark could have been number one, and he's number two, both for UTSA in that um, you know, huge game for against Western Kentucky. That's gonna just be a shootout. Um, man, 70 and a half over under. And I would lean, if I had to bet that game, I'd lean the over as much as those would, two teams like to throw. I would absolutely lean the over on that one because, uh, not as much this week for Western Kentucky. They didn't have as, as, as bang up of a game, but yeah, those two teams just score a ton. They score a ton and they both have got quarterbacks that could, uh, you know, put up, you know, five, six touchdowns every single week. So yeah. It's one of those things I, I personally hate having two receivers on the same team in fantasy. Like in the pro side of our league, I had T Higgins and Jamar Chase and ended up trading T Higgins uh, right before uh, right before the season last year. So right after Jamar Chase was drafted, I traded Higgins. But man, uh, if you're playing in fantasy, you just got to start both of them. They're, they're ready to go. All of these... UTSA receivers are putting up consistent points and it's, you know, week in and week out. They're both averaging 21 and they're 20.7 and 21.8 fantasy points a game. And, uh, you know, high, high floor for those guys too. Mecca Buka we have at number three. Um, he's been the, the go-to guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba could throw a wrench in this. Um, but, we'll wait and see when he actually does uh, play again. Yeah. Let him throw that wrench in there before we're worried about a wrench. 
Exactly. That's uh, well said. At number four, we've got Tyler Scott for Cincinnati, a guy that I was, he was my second pickup of the year um, last Friday. And uh, he's averaging 20 fantasy points a game his last three games, 22, 41, and 15. Um, he gets a lot of their, their deep shots and they're playing against South Florida. Um, expected to be a beat down with a, a four touchdown spread in that game. And then at number five, we've got A.T. Perry uh, for a. Wake. A.T. Perry, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's going up against Army, and uh, they'll put up their points. And Army's projected to stay close enough in that game where, you know, you, you might think about that matchup and think, okay, how long is A.T. Perry going to be in that game? But it's projected to be 42 to 25-ish, which uh, – at that kind of spread, you're not really resting people. Um, so uh, interesting. And yes, so I see Rasheed Rice here at number eight. That's a reminder to say we do have games or a game this Wednesday. So you got to get those lineups set early anyways yes. this week. Yeah, this is not Maction. This is uh, this is Hurricane hurricane uh, replay that was supposed to happen this past week. Supposed to be happening tonight, wasn't it? Supposed to be happening tonight, and they moved it to Wednesday. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think it was a Sunday night game, and then oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. It was moved Sunday. it to Wednesday, but yeah. So, BMAC, I've got a question for you. Since we don't have questions from Discord right now, since so it's too early in the week, if you had Sakari Franklin and Decorian Clark on your college team, both of them, would you start both of them, or would you feel like that would be risking too much? if that game does not become a big high scoring game guaranteed start guaranteed start. And that's really um, kind of how I go through these rankings a little bit, not 100%. So the rankings uh, we have a process that we follow, we follow the data and yes, if I have them both and I have them both ranked one and two, absolutely start them both. So if you're somebody that's out there that is a subscriber to CFBDynasty.com, and you're looking through rankings and you see something like that where you've got two guys on the same team, whether it be quarterback, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, don't doubt the numbers. Play those guys. Doesn't mean they're always going to produce because numbers are numbers, data is data, and humans are humans. And so no matter what the numbers say, you could always have a human have a bad performance. But if you've got those guys that are on the same team, go ahead and play them and uh, just let the numbers do the talking at the end of the week. That's exactly right. Well said. Um, all right, so we've got the brisket lock and brisket lock. We have to nail it this week, y'all. Like last week was awful. We have NIU and Terrio Brown. He ended with two carries, which was which is embarrassing. I, I don't know. I've looked it up. I don't know what happened in the game to where uh, he only got those two carries, but um, Whaley killed it few touchdowns ton of yards like Whaley was fantastic last week so this week we've got to nail it and if you've got this guy on your team we've got him at rb 17 right now <clears throat> dominic richardson from oklahoma state against texas tech um you know he had 17 last week but didn't really perform all that well the two weeks prior um, so we're expecting a big game out of him. We're expecting him to get 20 plus touches in this game. 
So let's see Dominic Richardson against Texas Tech in a game. Oklahoma State's supposed to score 38 and a half points around there. Uh, love Dominic R- Richardson and that matchup this week. All right, so that's that's the brisket lock for this week. I know that uh, BMAC, as the week goes on, are you are you planning on doing a uh, Friday night or a Saturday morning stream? I know you've been doing some of those with Zach Tao. We've mostly um, been doing just the Discord. So just answering the questions right in the Discord where everyone can see it. Um, so yeah, post your questions there, your start sit questions, any trade advice that you're looking for. Um, always, you know, I, I do the same thing. You're always looking for someone else to blame if you want to make a, a wrong lineup decision or whatever. Um, so hit us up and uh, we'll talk it out, give you the data, give you the thought behind why we would pick one player over another. Um, but those are, those are always fun. All right, sounds good. Remember, we want to be seeing your brisket locks up there. BMAC has had a little bit of a rough go at it with his brisket locks. Let's see what your brisket locks are. Let's see if you can put your smoked meats where your mouth is and uh, and put up a brisket lock pick, and let's see how that actually goes this week for you guys. So, um, BMAC, unless you have anything else to tell people, why don't you tell them not just where they can find you, why don't you tell them where they can find you during the day with your day job? What is it that you do when you're not doing CFB Dynasty, and why should they go and seek you out for your day job for your day company? Well, hopefully, eventually, CFB just takes off. But Searchalytics, uh, we're a digital marketing agency, and uh, you know we we do SEO for a lot of e-commerce companies and local companies, your local plumbing companies, etc., that are that are looking to beat their competition on Google for traffic and leads and all that stuff. Um, so we run Google ads, we do web design, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. You can find me, uh, in the discord. That's where you need to find me. Um, how about you, Matt? So yeah, like I said, tomorrow, uh, by, by the time you see this, I will already be in New York right there at, uh, on times square for New York comic-con at the Javits center. Um, as you look down there in my name, you see, I've changed what the, uh, where you can find me at. Um, tinyearl.com forward slash airs tpp2 we have a a brand new kickstarter we just announced a couple of days ago that's going to launch in mid-october we're going to have some new york comic-con announcements that are going to happen throughout the week as far as some cover art some really cool covers that we're going to have for the actual date of launch uh we definitely would hope you guys would go up there and take a look at it uh that's what i'm doing in the day is uh content creation for insymmetry creations and um, doing all kinds of stuff fun like that, the kind of stuff we all wish we could do. Uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to be up there on the on the show floor. Not sure how much college football I'm going to be able to watch this week because they got long days in New York Comic Con. Every day is like a 10-hour day on the floor, and then we have some, some PM things we have to do. But you know what? It's a good problem to have. You know, we're going to have to do this early again in a couple of weeks because I'll be heading out to the SEMA show this year in uh, Las Vegas again. So um, that's that's going to be fun. That's there. We're going to be right in action anyways. So we'll probably have to record on a Monday either way to get it in before those Tuesday night matchups start. Dang, Maction. Love you, Maction. Hate you, Maction. But you know what? I still love you, Maction. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Any questions or anything, guys, hit us up on the Discord. Appreciate it. All right, guys. So that is it for this week. We thank you guys for uh, this podcast that's being recorded a little bit early and you have a little bit of different information you normally get from us. We want you guys to be helping us out, putting information, injury, news and notes, brisket locks, questions, anything up there on the Discord. 
Become a subscriber to CFBDynasty.com. Become a member of the Discord CFB Dynasty group and help us grow this thing. Let's have some fun. My name is Matt Knowles. That guy over there is, oh, see, over there is Brian McKelfrish. He is the owner and the, uh, the, the creator of CFBDynasty.com. On behalf of both of us, see you guys next week. Adios.